How's your spiritual leadership? Are others better off for knowing you? What makes a person a good spiritual leader and who exactly are they? You might be surprised by the answers to some of these questions. Welcome to Word for the Week Season 3, Episode 8. Join us as we discuss spiritual leadership. Let's start at the beginning. Let's define spiritual leadership. Well, we'll keep it uh, broad and simple, kind of like me. (laughs) A spiritual leader, uh, we're saying in in context to what we're talking about today, is anyone who uh, influences another person, anyone who influences another person in their spiritual direction. Okay, and just to fill out that definition, what do you mean by spiritual? Yeah, because we could get... People have different... (laughs) They certainly do. Just type that word into Google. Uh, And for us, we're saying spiritual as in relating to the human spirit or soul, Mm -hmm. one's actual perception of God impacting their worldview and life practices. So not only what they say or think, but how it actually impacts their worldview and life practices. When I think of spiritual leaders, I think of the Apostle Paul, of course, or perhaps somebody like Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. But I sense you're going a little broader than that. Yeah, right. Uh, And a a hook, if you will, for us today is uh, this and the thought is that by the most basic definition, we are all spiritual leaders. Sounds a little new agey, doesn't it? But that's what I'm saying. We're all spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, no matter what the parents, parents influence their children in many ways, mm-hmm. including their spirituality. Uh, friends influence each other. Siblings have right. a profound impact on each other. Yeah, just in the general leadership uh, side of it. And, and we're an interesting case study. Because you're the eldest sibling in your family, I'm the youngest, <laughs> and uh, it shows, right? <laughs> we know occasionally, yes. <laughs> we know who the adult is in this in this relationship. But if I go back to my more formative years, mm-hmm. when I was younger, my my eldest sister, who was uh, quite a few years older than I am, she had more impact on me than she realized because she was my definition, literally my definition of what it meant to be growing up. So um, when I hit a reading age, I followed her in her reading age. Uh, mm-hmm. I read the books that she read for entertainment. Like? Uh, uh, well, I, I am proud to say I'm probably the only boy aficionado of Nancy Drew. I, <laughs> I have... Read every original classic Nancy Drew book there was uh, because they were my sisters. Right. Uh, I even wrestled with some of her academic books from high school. Uh, I was probably the only kid in elementary school to know who John Locke was. Wow. Um, so all of these things um, carried a, a good amount of impact. So that's from the youngest side. And like I say, that's my sister probably has no idea. Uh, and so you as the oldest, um, how do you think you impacted your siblings? Well, I don't know what they would say, but mm-hmm. my mom worked two jobs. My parents were divorced, so mm-hmm. I was kind of the... Um, Surrogate mom? <laughs> yes. So um, I probably did more taking care of them, maybe even <laughs> um, administering... Um, Harsh words now and again, so I <laughs> not stuck with you. You know how to order your hobby around. It came out well. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't, I don't know what they would say. Right. You know, but um, 
Yeah. So by definition, we're all leaders right. to somebody. I mean, right. and that includes their spiritual condition, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, well, so this is what I thought would be interesting. Since the fact we are all spiritual leaders, hmm. uh, we can be a good one or we can be a bad one. Yeah. And so scripture, um, which encompasses all of life, especially the spiritual, uh, to focus on two passages, one um, illustrating the good spiritual leader, the other one the bad spiritual leader, and do a little bit of a side-by-side -side comparison on okay. this. Okay. Well, as far as the good, there's no better passage for positive spiritual leadership than Matthew 20, 25-28. Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires, desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served. Mm -hmm. So where did you go for negative um, spiritual leadership? Well, and the thing is, I think in, in the greater thrust of Scripture, it doesn't tend to um, um, identify bad spiritual per leadership se, like, yeah. in the term leadership. Right. Yeah. It's more an influence, so in mm -hmm. a picture of influence. And I don't think anyone has, does a better concrete job of explaining this than the Apostle Paul. And so I thought I'd get you to read a passage from him. Sure. In Romans 1, 28-32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Okay, now as the eldest sibling, <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> yeah. well, and as an observant woman, uh, what um, in these descriptions first sticks out to you? What's your first impression of them? Well, a good leader is selfless, and every trait in the bad leader passage seems to be selfish. Yeah, and that is a great, you know, setting up, the framing the whole work. So what else comes out to you that you see is true in there? Um, good leader has the heart of a servant, mm -hmm. so they're looking out for the best interest of the other person. Right. Bad leader is out for self and doesn't seem to have a problem hurting others, you know, for self-interest. Right, and, and there's a number of things that are in there, obviously, along that vein. <coughs> Excuse me. I think they cover every bad bad thing in those verses. <laughs> well, in an interesting way, they, they do yeah. this. And you... Uh, uh, you can't be a voluntary slave, for instance, in the good leadership mm. without um, humility, mm. uh, which, of course, a good leader then must have. Uh, the bad leader, according to the passage, is proud and boastful. I think any of us who've experienced both would say, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, a servant's um, heart is, is obedient to a higher cause, a higher calling. A bad leader is only obedient really to themselves, so they're, they're by nature disobedient, rebellious. Mm. The good leader is is like Christ in, in this context, and the bad leader, well, 
they may very well know Christ, they at least have an impression of what is righteous or right, and actively choose otherwise if it if it interferes with their self-interest. Oh. I think it's interesting how the traits are grouped in Paul's description of the negative influencer. Mm -hmm. The first seven are how they treat others, and then it switches over at the eighth to disobedient to parents. Why do you think he does that? Yeah, it kind of feels like you're going into eight is enough or something, or doesn't it? So yeah. all of a sudden you're into this or the, yeah. the Brady Bunch or something. Um, and, but it, it turns out it's a, it is a very good observation on your part, as well as... On Paul's, it's because I'm the oldest. Yeah. Because you're the eldest sibling, <laughs> um, it changes in those from what we do to other people, to what has been formed in us. There's this bridge, and if you think about it, uh, it's a spirit of rebellion um, in nature, uh, in 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 teachability. Uh, your first people in nature designed to teach you anything or your parents right. uh, that's what it's supposed to be anyway mm -hmm. so unteachability starts there uh and in effect is somewhat against nature you'd say in authority. yes you're saying it's unnatural to be rebel against our parents yep and we're all unnatural yeah i think we've all done that so <laughs> we've all done that as a matter of fact we've come up with a fancy word for it we call it individuating Ooh. wow that's a brat <laughs> no he's individuating he's becoming his own person yeah. but i mean really if you look at the how that works in nature the higher life forms, all of them that we see out there, mm -hmm. uh, the parents teach the young and the young learn. We've, right. we've had that experience. For instance, we've watched owls and hawks teach their young how to hunt. Right off our front porch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's really something. So yeah. there are advantages to living in the, in the woods where we are. So. Yeah. So we are, in a strict sense, acting against nature in our rebellion. Scripture mm. gives a simple explanation, our sin nature. Right. Our sin nature is yeah. against nature. So. Yeah. And because of that unteachability, if we remain there, mm -hmm. the following traits are the outcome, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. And and, and you can see this if, if you... Um, uh, are around people who have a dysfunctional relationship unless, and that's of course the hope of Christianity, they haven't right. overcome it, they tend to be those things. Hmm. And obviously if those are, are traits in your character, you're going to be a bad leader. And uh, Paul says all these things and then the hook is in the, in the uh, last line. He says, not only do they do the same, but they also approve of those who of practice them. Right. So you're saying that leadership is linked to that word approve. Right. And the approve is, is interesting. It always caught my eye or some translation of in the original Greek, which, by the way, is, is like nine syllables long <laughs> for this word approve. So uh, no. You left it out. <laughs> I won't go there. I'm just not going there. Uh, but what it means is uh, to consent, to be pleased, to allow, uh, to take pleasure in, uh, uh, to applaud. So the picture I get in my mind is uh, maybe at school, maybe it's even in work or whatever, but that guy who is a bad influence, but he makes it look cool. Uh -huh. 
and so Dean type. type yeah <laughs> i'm too cool for school i'm i'm no fool well actually they are in this case if you look at proverbs mm -hmm. but um and then so when other people say hey that's cool and they imitate them they would more than uh, they take pleasure in that these people are imitating them and they applaud them in doing it. Hey, way to go. Now you're cool. Mm -hmm. um, so that's exactly the type of thing Paul's saying here. It's amazing how what's old is new. And it's nothing new because right. nearly 3,000 years ago, Isaiah warned yeah. Israel in Isaiah 520, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yeah, this whole idea of a reversal. Wow, does that not fit our culture today, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and we know how it turned out for ancient Israel, which takes us into the passage of Paul. Even though we know how it turns out, we do it anyway. Right. And in the context of leadership, because we're not talking general um, culture here, we're talking leadership, particularly spiritual leadership. Right. In good leadership, the idea of serving is central as we look at it. In bad, or, bad leadership, it uh, seems influence is, cent is central. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that interesting, even as we're putting this out in the internet. What do you, what do you call people with lots of views? They're influencers. So, right. huh, I wonder if that tells us anything. Yeah, so good leadership is in the interest of others, and bad leadership is in the interests of self. Yeah, it really is. And everything Paul mentions in Romans is about manipulation and control. Uh, whatever it takes to get your way, whatever that ambition is you're after. Mm -hmm. But before we wrap up everything, I, I wanted to share three attributes with short descriptions. We'll try and put those more in bullet points uh, on what any of us, if we're going to be a good leader or these type of things that we should be uh, practicing or at least embracing. So um, let's okay. start out on the first. The first attribute is certainly the place to start, and it's the good spiritual leader is Christ-centered. Right. Now, in regards to this, I found, uh, don't hear that name as much lately. Maybe it's just the circles that I'm reading, but uh, Paul Tripp, and he had a great article on this, and he really describes it in four words. Okay, and Shorty writes this four-word description. First, number one, source. A Christ-centered life begins with realizing that the source of everything we are is the Lord. Two, motive. The person of Christ is the motivation for everything we think. Three, goal. The Christ-centered life has one ultimate goal, that Jesus gets the glory. And four, hope. A Christ-centered life finally puts all our eggs in the basket of the Lord. We know that this life is not all there is and that eternity is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. Um, and getting back to the the attributes, because there you just described number one, the second attribute that's vital to good leadership uh, is what we call nowadays self-awareness. Mm. And research, um, going even further into self-awareness, claims there are um, actually two types. You have, uh, according to a Harvard uh, research study, Using their terms, you have internal self-awareness and external self-awareness. So uh, you being the older sibling, I thought I'd let you summarize Harvard okay. for us. Here's a summary. The first, which we dubbed internal self-awareness, represents how clearly we see our own values, passions, and aspirations, and how they fit with our environment. 
Reactions include thoughts, feelings, behaviors, strengths, and weaknesses and how they impact others. We found that internal self-awareness is associated with higher job and relationship satisfaction, personal and social control and happiness, and it's negatively related to anxiety, stress, and depression. Now the second category, external self-awareness, means understanding how other people view us in terms of those same factors listed above. Our research shows that people who know how others see them are more skilled at showing empathy and taking others' perspectives. I, I believe that for sure. Mm -hmm. For leaders who see themselves as their employees do, their employees tend to have a better relationship with them, feel more satisfied with them, and see them as more effective in general. Right. So in a nutshell, a good internal self-awareness um, uh, for the good spiritual leader um, Good internal self-awareness is peace with oneself. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you're complacent, but to have peace with oneself. Mm -hmm. uh, good external self-awareness allows them to appreciate the situation of others, particularly those who in your servant leadership you're serving. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, someday it'd be great to take a deep dive in some of this stuff. Of course, we're on our uh, limited time here, but... For now, we can at least say this, that for good spiritual leadership, mm -hmm. three, uh, three attributes that we're looking at, those are two. The third one is emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence is closely linked to <clears throat> self-awareness. In fact, you can't have one without the other. Mm. Here are some bullet points that are signs of a strong EQ. Getting along well, genuinely interested in others, self-awareness of strengths and weaknesses, operating with integrity, self-awareness of feelings, present-focused, self-motivated, and well-placed boundaries. Now, it's, it's fairly clear how a good leader in any sense would have to have these qualities. And it doesn't take a lot of imagination to see what would happen if those qualities are missing. Right. And uh, like we say, we don't have time to get into all the qualities as such, but uh, <clears throat> they, these uh, and how they would be cultivated, you know, wouldn't it be great to do a whole thing? Here's how you cultivate yeah. these Maybe we great can do that in, another in the future. Mm. Yeah, we should. But at least for now, we can give a short answer is that when we talk about Christ and being in a, in a relationship with Christ being transformational, mm -hmm. these are some of the um, qualities within a person that are being transformed. Yeah. Uh, but the only way these really happen is in a an honest relationship and not with the thought or the teaching of Christ, but with the person of Christ. Mm. Uh, and that's how the changes happen. So yeah. uh, you say you want all of these, you want to be a good leader, get in a personal relationship with Christ that is truly honest. Right. Okay, our takeaway for today, let's do that. Right. <clears throat> Number one, everyone is a spiritual leader to somebody. Right. Number two, you can be a good one or a bad one. Mm. And three, the good spiritual leader is a servant leader growing in these three qualities, Christ-centeredness, self-awareness, and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's all we have to say about that. Okay, Forrest. <laughs> we leave you with our featured song from last Sunday, Take My Life, I'm Yours. And until next week, enjoy and be blessed.
you can watch Word for the Week at CanaanCommunity.org. You can also catch our live stream on Canaan Community's Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app.